We lived in Pismo Beach for 28 years and believe the Lord called us to come to this area. I never heard of Jackson in my life. I never lived in a place where they had 4,000 people in town and 38,000 people in the county. This is a first for us. But my wife and I are enjoying it so very much. This is a wonderful place to live. And I've discovered that here, as well as any other place, we only have two kinds of people, saints and ain'ts. <laughs> and our responsibility is to make ain'ts saints. Amen. And no matter where you go, you'll find that to be true. In our community, in our state, in our nation, around the world. We thank God for this church. When I knew that we were going to be here, we'd sold our home in, in uh, February of last year. We knew we were coming here. We knew of the Donnellys. We had seen them at convention. We talked to them. We never had a meal with them, but I felt like I knew them and felt rather close to them. And our prayer was, Lord, we want to go to church we want to be a part of the church where you want us. Now, some very kind people said to us, we know some churches we think you would enjoy. And they're rather large churches in your community. So they gave us some names. So trying to keep kind and gracious and loving, we went to those churches. And when I got finished and we saw them a little later, they said, they named a church, said, how did you like it? I said, it's a wonderful church. They said, you think you'll go there? I said, no, not at all. <laughs> and I said, the reason is we are Pentecostal. I've been, I was born in a Pentecostal home. I was called to the ministry 85 years ago when I was four years old. I was called to the ministry. And the call of God is just as strong this morning as it was when I was four years old, sitting on the second step of a two-story house in Norfolk, Virginia. God called me to the ministry. There's never been a thought in my mind. I hear people say they finished high school, been two or three years to college, and they don't have any idea what they want to do. There's never been a doubt in my mind. I knew God had called us. We were raised in a Pentecostal home. I had the privilege to be raised in a Pentecostal church. That's a privilege, Amen. a privilege. I watched the men and women in our church, how they responded to one another. People who are full of the Holy Spirit have a great respect one for the other. Amen. I watched how they treated their spouses I listened to our pastor preach always after the service. He'd invite us to come to the altar to pray. It would not be uh, out of line for us for the entire church. We had about 300 in our church. And for the entire church to be at the altar praying for a half hour. Such a wonderful privilege and experience. And when I was going to college and training for the ministry, I was privileged to go to a Pentecostal Bible college. And I'll tell you, Life Bible College 
There is just nothing like it in all the world. And I say that seriously because I have preached around the world, and I don't know of any school I would rather have gone to than to go to Life Bible College. And while I was there, I met a girl. I never had a date. I never held a girl's hand. I never kissed a girl. I was as green as a gourd. <laughs> I was raised in the country on a dirt road. We didn't even have inside running water or inside plumbing. But when I saw this girl, something happened to me inside. Her name was Joy Johnson. And I got to know her and discovered that she was a Pentecostal girl raised in a Pentecostal church 2,000 miles in Sterling, Colorado from where I was raised in Norfolk, Virginia. But we were raised exactly alike. We sang the same songs. We were taught the same truth from the Bible. We loved the Lord. We were taught to love and to respect the Holy Spirit. And we got married. That's the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life outside of being saved was to marry a Pentecostal girl. And we founded a Pentecostal home and had three children, two boys and a girl. And I'm happy to tell you that all three are saved. All three have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. My daughter's never been married, but our two sons married two wonderful ladies, and they too have been saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. I am Pentecostal through and through, and I love the Pentecostal church. Thank God for it. There is just nothing like it, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Thank each of you who have been so kind to us. When we came to the church, we didn't know one soul. We had met the pastors and knew them just a little, but we never met anybody. And you people came to us, and almost every week somebody comes and says something gracious to us and something very kind to us, and you made us feel right at home, and we just don't ever miss a service in this church. Amen. The Lord has put us here. We prayed. And I, I, I tell you sincerely, I said, Lord, help us to fit in to the Foursquare Church. I've been a Foursquare ordained minister for 68 years. I've, I've served in most every position you can serve in this church. Was elected to serve on the international board and got to know all of our international leaders. A wonderful experience. But I don't know any church that has truer doctrine than the Foursquare Church. So we feel at home here, and we love each of you, and we appreciate you being so kind to us. And if I do not remember your name, please forgive me and pray for my memory that it will be stronger <laughs> than it is. I'm only one, so it's easy for you to remember me and my name, but you folks, there are more of you, and we love you. And, and my goal and my prayer is that there will continue to be more of us Amen. in this church Amen. and that it will be necessary for us to start 
a third service Amen. because the two services are full. You say, would we want to do that? The answer is yes. And why? Because we want to see sinners saved. I live to talk to people about Jesus. I live to lead people to the Lord Jesus. And I just believe that if all of us lead just one person to Jesus and bring them to our church, it'll be necessary to start a third church and who knows, maybe a fourth church. Amen. One of the happiest memories in my life when I was district supervisor, the, the Foursquare Church in Van Nuys had, I remember when it was less than 100 and when it reached 100, Pastor Jack Hayford came and he was so excited because they had 111 <laughs> the, uh, that the previous Sunday and he could hardly contain himself. But I watched that church grow. And then there was one service. And there was two services. And there were three services. And there were four services every Sunday morning. And he invited me every year to preach at that church. And there's nothing more exciting than seeing people saved and baptized in water and filled with the Holy Spirit and come to the church and bring their friends and they too become a part of the church. Amen. So that's what I have envisioned in my heart. And my wife joins with me. And I, I would just like to encourage many of you, join us Wednesday afternoon at 5 o'clock here in the church. I know many of you have to work, but a lot of you are my age and you don't have a job where you have to work. Be here. The vital, necessary part of this church is the ministry of prayer. Amen. And we have between 15 and 20 and 25. I'd like to see 100 out to the prayer meeting. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Awesome. Just praying and seeking God. I remember being to the Van Nuys Church and seeing a 1,000 people on Wednesday night on their knees calling out to God in prayer. I'd like to see that happen here. And there's no reason why it can't if we will do our part. Amen. Now, will you open your Bible, please, to the book of Acts, chapter 1. When the pastor invited me to preach, he assigned me the subject of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Foursquare Church has what is known as a declaration of faith. You're teaching that in the membership class now. There are 22 segments, 22 doctrines we believe, but there are four cardinal doctrines that we believe. That's why it's called the Foursquare Church. And Jesus is the center of all four of those cardinal doctrines. We believe that Jesus is the savior of the sinner. That's the first cardinal doctrine. We believe that Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. That's the second cardinal doctrine. We believe that Jesus is the divine healer of every sickness and disease. That's the third cardinal doctrine. And number four, we believe that Jesus is coming again. And it may be before we get home from lunch today. <laughs> I know the Baptists are going to beat us to the restaurant because <laughs> they're already there. They'll be finished by the time we get there.
So the pastor assigned me the subject of Jesus, the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Will you please open your Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 1, and I want to begin reading at verse 4. It was 40 days after Jesus had been raised from the dead that first Easter Sunday that he was on the Mount of Olives. There were some 500 followers gathered around him, and Jesus spoke his final words to them on this earth. Our text today are the final words that Jesus spoke. He gave his last command, but his last command became their first concern. And I want us to understand that. The last command of Jesus becoming our first concern. Will you please stand with me in respect to the reading of the Word of God? Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. May God add his blessing to the reading of his wonderful word. You may be seated. I was taught when you preach, you build a sermon. You always have a good opening statement and you have a good closing statement and you put them just as close together as you can. <laughs> now, it's not hard to find a good opening statement, and it's not hard to have a good closing statement. But I have found that periodically, it's very difficult to put them close together. <laughs> there is something marvelous and something dynamic about the first century New Testament church. It was said of them wherever they went, these are they which have turned the world upside down. I'll be so delighted that the day comes when I make my rounds around Jackson and go to City Hall, and I hear the leaders of our city speak, and they speak of those of us who are part of this church, and they say, these are the people that have turned Jackson and the environed cities upside down. Yeah. That's my goal, and that's my ambition. Now, what was the reason for this? I think the reason is very clear. It's because it was normal for every member of the New Testament church to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It was normal. It was expected. And the book of Acts calls this personal 
spiritual experience being baptized with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a spiritual experience. That's why it's so vital. That's why it's so important that you and I experience this. It is a spiritual experience. It is different from salvation. When you and I are saved, the Holy Spirit comes in to every born-again believer. And Acts 4.14 says, He is as a fountain flowing up into everlasting life. But once you have been saved and born again and delivered from the power of sin, you now become a candidate for the blessed baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 7, 37, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, for out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. When you were baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's more than just a fountain flowing up to everlasting life. It's from your innermost being rivers flowing out of you to dethrone the powers of hell and the powers of Satan that has cursed our world. In the book of Acts, Peter was in the city of Joppa, and a man who was a captain in the Roman army, a centurion, he commanded a hundred men. His name was Cornelius. He lived in the city of Caesarea. He said to three of his men, you go to Joppa, and there's a man there, and told him where the address was. His name is Simon Peter. You tell him to come and speak to us what God has put on his heart. And those three men went to Joppa. They found Simon Peter. They told him what their mission was, and Peter and six other men followed them to the city of Caesarea. And they went into the house, and the house was filled with friends and relatives and neighbors. And Cornelius fell on his face. And Peter said, you stand up, for I'm a man such as you are. And, he, and Cornelius said these words, we are all here to hear the words that God has placed on your heart for us. It's important that we understand the first phrase, we are all here. I'd like to think that all of us are here this morning. But I'm smart enough to know that some of you have your minds on what you're going to be doing tomorrow. Some of you have a situation you're facing. Your mind is on that situation. Some of you have a vacation you're going on. Some of you have a business deal you're involved in. And your mind really is not on the message or on the service. Your mind is on that. But when Cornelius spoke, he said, we are all here. Amen. We are prepared to hear the truth that you have brought to us. And Peter preached a short sermon. It takes 10 verses to contain it. And when you get to verse 11, it says, and while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all who heard the word and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues and magnify 
God. Nine chapters later, St. Paul was in this city of Ephesus. He went to the church and found the leaders of the church, and Paul being the man that he was, the first question he asked was, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard if there be any Holy Ghost. He said, well, to whose baptism were you baptized? They said, we were baptized unto John's baptism. The Bible says, and Paul laid his hands on them and prayed, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with other tongues and prophesied. This tells me it is the will of God that your life and my life and your ministry and my ministry be greatly affected by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the book of Acts is the manual on the Holy Spirit to tell us how he works in the lives of people. I bought several new cars in my life. And every time I buy a new car, the salesman says in the glove compartment, there's a book we call a manual. It tells you how often to grease the car. It used to be greased. Now change the oil to change the filters. When is how much air pressure there should be kept in all the tires. It tells you everything you know, need to know. And if you will go by that manual, this car will last you a long time. The car I drove to church in today, I bought nearly 13 years ago. And I read the manual. And I tried to do what the manual says. And that car started up just as good this morning to come to church as it did 13 years ago when I bought it. And I drove it down to Sacramento this week. And it drove down there just as good and came back just as good as the year that I bought it. Why? I've tried to live according to the manual. May I say that the book of Acts is the manual on the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how he works in the lives of people. Look at Acts chapter 2, will you please? Acts chapter 2. Just turn the page in your Bible. (laughs) Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, and in one accord, our pastor, our president of our church, Dr. Glenn Burris, has asked every member and every friend of the Four Square Church to read the book of Acts every month this year of 2018. I'm a member of the Four Square Church. I'm submitted to the Four Square Church. So when I heard Dr. Burris say he wanted all of us to read the book of Acts every month, I don't feel like I had any choice (laughs) because I'm submitted to this church. And when you're submitted, you do what you're told to do and you profit by it. Every month, the first four days, I read seven chapters from the book of Acts. Seven, 14, 21, and 28. And by the fourth day, I read it through. Just last week, I finished reading for the eighth time this year, the book of Acts. When I came to verse 2, or chapter 2, it said, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place and in one accord. And what I've discovered in reading the book of Acts, the little two 
word phrase one accord, one accord is mentioned 12 times in the first 19 chapters. That word one accord then must have a lot of value to it for the Holy Spirit to use it. And it does. This phrase one accord means they were all together in one place physically. Just exactly like we are here this morning. We are all together in one place physically in the Foursquare Church. But it means they were all of the same temperature spiritually. For 10 days, they had been seeking the Lord. Jesus had said to them, you're going to go to all the world and preach the gospel, but don't you leave Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. And 120 believers went to the upper room, and for 10 days they waited on God. Didn't get in a hurry. They didn't know what to expect. They were not told except that they were going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You wait until you are endued with power from on high. And the Holy Spirit's primary ministry was to give them divine enablement to proclaim the Scripture. They were about to learn, as you and I are, that the Holy Spirit is not a thermometer that records your temperature. The Holy Spirit is a thermostat that controls your temperature. In the wintertime, when I get up in the morning, it's about 60 or 62 in our home. And the first thing I do, I go to the thermostat and turn it up to 70 or 72. I don't think a thing about it. I just do that, go about my business. And before long, I'm aware that the bathroom is 72 degrees, the living room is 72 degrees, the dining room is 72 degrees, the bedroom is 72 degrees because the thermostat controls the temperature. May I say to you that the Holy Spirit is the thermostat that controls your temperature spiritually. They were all in one accord. There was a unity of spirit and a unity of purpose. Their goal was not to adjust to the culture of their world, and their goal was not to adapt the culture of their world. Their goal was to penetrate the culture of their world. They intended to impact the culture of their world and as a result to change the culture of their world. Such harmony produces action and that action often is revolutionary. Verse 1 says, there came a sound from heaven. Verse, I said they were all of one accord. Verse 2 says, and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the place where they were sitting. That's what you and I are doing this morning. We're sitting. I can't kneel too long on my knees. I'm sure my age has brought about some of that. But I can sit a lot. <laughs> and I discovered that the Holy Spirit fell upon them when they were sitting in the upper room. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. This rushing mighty wind 
symbolized the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. And it symbolized the unseen power of the Holy Spirit. There's not one of us in this room that has ever seen the wind. But every one of us has seen the effects of the wind blowing. And there's not a one of us that have ever seen the Holy Spirit. But we don't have to look very far to see the effects of the Holy Spirit in the lives and actions of men and women who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And verse 3 said, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. In the Bible, when you read about fire, it almost always is a symbol of the presence of God. You remember when Moses was on the backside of the desert? A man 80 years of age, and his attention was drawn to a bush that burned, but it was not consumed, and his made his way over there. And before he got too close, God spoke and said, Moses, stop. Take off your shoes, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. God is here. The presence of God is so vital, and fire is a symbol of the presence of God. I've watched the news every night at 6 o'clock, except Wednesday. I don't see it Wednesday night. I'm here at prayer. But I watch it every night, and for the last four weeks, I've seen the effects of fire. Northern California has been on fire. This morning, there are 14,000 firefighters fighting fires in California. And the car fire, C-A-R-R, -R, a week ago, that fire had consumed 1,076 homes in addition to 500 other business buildings and the like. And I learned that fire will ignite everything that it touches. Amen. Can I say to you today that the fire of the Holy Spirit will ignite every one of us here today who will allow the Holy Spirit to touch us. And when the Holy Spirit touches us, it will spread quickly everywhere we go. Verse 1 says they were all in one place in one accord. Verse 2 says there came a sound from heaven. Verse 3 said, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And verse 4 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They had yearned for 10 days to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. They had surrendered everything in their lives that they felt was unbecoming to a follower of Jesus in order to receive this Holy Spirit fullness. And the Holy Spirit was poured out freely on them. Joel had said, It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. I don't understand a lot, but I understand the word pour. It means he's not going to use an eyedropper. <laughs> he's going to use something like a barrel and just pour it out. And you know, I've discovered when the rain comes in downpours, it comes without measure and it comes without limit. And when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Spirit comes upon you without measure and without limit. And the Bible says, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I like that word began. This tells me it was not a one-time ordeal. It was something that was con to continue all of their spiritual life. I had a lady come to me one time, not too long ago, in the other church where we used to attend. I was, we call them prayer partners, and there was eight of us would come stand by the pastor when the invitation was given. And this lady came, and the pastor referred her to me, and she said, pray for me. She said, I have a daughter that's in jail, and I have another daughter that's 19 on the street, and she's pregnant. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just can't hardly stand it. Pray for me. Well, my first question was, are you saved? She said, I sure am. I said, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? She said, oh, yes, 30 years ago. And I said, do you speak in tongues every day? She said, I haven't spoken in tongues one time since I was baptized with the Spirit 30 years ago. And I said, my dear, that is your problem. If you will begin to speak with other tongues freely every day for long segments of time, it'll change the way you think and it'll change the situations in your life. I said, lift your hands and let's pray. Put your Bible and your purse on the altar. She lifted her hands and a 90 degree angle like they were welded shut. And I tried to lift them. I couldn't move them. And I said, I'm going to pray for you in English. Two sentences, and I'm going to pray in other tongues. And when I do, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And you just began to speak in other tongues. When I began to speak in other tongues, the Holy Spirit fell upon that lady. Her hands went up as high as she could get them. She stood on her tiptoes, and she burst forth in other tongues. And God gave her a marvelous refilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it changed her life and her outlook on things. It's necessary that you and I speak in other tongues every day of our life. You say, why? It's because it's a miracle language. I took three years of Greek in Bible college. I took a year of Hebrew. I took a year of Latin in high school. And I don't know enough about language that if you're going to translate, you have to memorize words and you have to memorize phrases. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you don't say one word that you memorize. It's a miracle language that the Holy Spirit speaks through you. Why do we have this miracle language? I asked the Lord one time, and I found this answer. The miracle language is a symbol of the miracle lifestyle and the miracle ministry that God has designed to release through you. It's a miracle that God wants to release through you. This marvelous Holy Spirit fullness must be desired by each of us personally. We must desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we must allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and to control our being. All four of the Gospels, John is quoted as speaking of Jesus, saying, there's one that's coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie his shoes, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and 
with fire. Matthew said that. The other three doesn't mention anything about fire. But Matthew says he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. This tells me that Jesus longs to baptize people with the Holy Spirit. Jesus greatly desires to baptize every believer that is here this morning. But every believer should earnestly seek and should expect to be baptized with the marvelous baptism of the Spirit. There are many evidences that you will see in your life when you have been baptized with the Spirit. I can assure you there will come overflowing joy. Overflowing joy is a part of being baptized with the Spirit. Have you ever been working in the sun in the front yard pulling weeds and it's 100 degrees outside and the sweat is pouring down and all of a sudden you look and there's the fountain right next and the hose is attached to the spigot next to the house and you go turn it on as fast as it'll go and you hold that rubber hose in your hand and pretty soon that water is just as cold as can be and then you just put it to your face and put it over your mouth and over your nose and over your cheeks and over your chin and it runs down then it runs down your hands then it runs down your arms to your elbows what a wonderful blessing that cold water is can I say to you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit will produce overflowing joy in your heart. He will give you a new passion and a new energy and a new spiritual power to witness to lost sinners about Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit will make you stronger and make you more aggressive than you've ever been in all of your heart and your life. But the initial evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit as demonstrated in the book of Acts, is speaking with other tongues in the beauty of your spiritual language. Sometimes it's a known language. Other times it is not a known language. Never known to you, however. I heard just the other day, I was listening to television, to a, a, a spiritual program, and the man speaking is a historian. And he talked about the Azusa Street outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In 1906, and he said there was a man there by the name of A.G. Gar. Well, A.G. Gar, when I was growing up, was a household word we talked about in our home often. Dr. Carr, Dr. Gar, pastored a prestigious Baptist church in Los Angeles in the early 1900s. And when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came to Azusa Street, Dr. Gar went down as many people did. Some went to be blessed, others went to try to destroy it. Dr. Price from the Congregational Church said, I'm going to go to that meeting and I'm going to bring it to a halt. I'm going to see that it stops. It's just a bunch of foolishness. These people being, they say, baptized with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. And Dr. Price went there to fight that night. But something happened and the Holy Spirit came upon him and he lay on his back four hours under the piano speaking in other tongues. <laughs> and Dr. Price, following that experience, became a great minister of divine healing and took divine healing all across our country. Dr. Gar went there and prayed several nights. And he was greatly blessed and greatly moved 
but never baptized in the Spirit. And on Saturday night, he went to that large Baptist church that he was pastor of, and went in the balcony, turned the lights on. Nobody was there but himself. And he did as I have done many, many times. He just walked up and down that aisle with his hands lifted, saying, Oh, God, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. And while he was praying, he began to speak with other tongues in the Baptist church by himself. And for an hour, he spoke in other tongues, feeling so cleansed and feeling so pure as a result. And he said, now I'm going to go home. I have to preach tomorrow. So he went downstairs, and when he looked, there was a man sitting on the main floor. And he went and introduced himself as the pastor of the church. And that man said, I listened to you upstairs. He said, I was born in India nearly 50 years ago, and I lived in this little village where we had our own dialect. And I lived there till I was 17, and we spoke our little dialect and communicated. And then I came to the new world, to the United States, and I've been here for more than 30 years, and I've never had the opportunity to use that dialect to speak. But tonight, for an hour, you spoke in the dialect that I spoke in when I was a boy in India. And he said, I sat here and listened to you. And he said, you talked about Jesus, and you told him how much you loved him, and you told him how you wanted to serve him, how you wanted him to just control your life, and you wanted to live only for him, and you just magnified and exalted Jesus, said it was just wonderful. And he said, you spoke in perfect Indian dialect that I spoke in when I was a boy, 17 years of age. Dr. Gar had never heard that language. He never heard of that language. But when he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit spoke that language, magnifying Jesus Christ. Now, why do we speak with other tongues? Why do we speak in this miracle tongue? And the answer is very simple. When you speak in other tongues, many things happen, but I'm going to name just four. When you speak in other tongues, you exalt Jesus. John 16, 14, Jesus said, When he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will not speak of himself, but he shall glorify me. When you speak with other tongues, you always glorify Jesus. And in doing so, you feel so clean and so pure internally. Secondly, when you speak with other tongues, you always establish the will of God. Have you ever had a serious problem that you had to face and you prayed about that problem, and you were sincere in your prayer. I have, and I've prayed every word I know in English. I've prayed every cliche I knew spiritually. I've prayed every verse of Scripture I could think would fit it, and I couldn't find a solution in my prayer life as though I had prayed through. And then I began to pray in other tongues. And now the Holy Spirit prays through my spirit he uses my vocal cords. He uses my tongue. He uses my lips. And I begin to pray in other tongues. And the Bible says in Romans 8, 27, the Holy Spirit 
makes intercession for us according to the will of God. That means the Holy Spirit becomes the prayer. It's your voice. It's your vocal cords. But he's the prayer, and he's doing the praying, and he's praying for that situation that seems so complex that you don't have an answer to. And he says, we've got the answer for this. It's all under control. And he prays according to the will of God. So we pray in other tongues because we always exalt the Lord. We pray in other tongues because we always establish the will of God. We pray in other tongues because when you do so, you frustrate Satan. Amen. This is very important. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, Paul said, He who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. A man one time was praying in other tongues, and his friend was with him, and he said, John, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, he said, you're not supposed to. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God. And he that prays in an unknown tongue prays not to men, but to God. And this means Satan has no frequency that he can tune in and hear what you're saying. And he knows full well that you and God are strategizing about where are you going to invade his territory, and he has no idea how he can send demons there to stop that spiritual invasion. So he becomes frustrated. He becomes confounded. So I love to pray in other tongues, but I want to frustrate Satan. And I know that happens because the Bible says so. Number four, when you pray in other tongues, you always edify yourself. That means you build up yourself. First uh, Corinthians 14, 4 says, he who speaks, speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But I like the way the Amplified Translation gives it. He who speaks in a tongue improves himself, promoting growth, holiness, and happiness. I have discovered that people who stay full of the Holy Spirit and who speak often when they're alone, not when they're in a crowd of people like this, but when they're alone, they pray in other tongues. They are people that promote happiness in their lives. Have you ever known a person full of the Holy Spirit that's down in the dumps? <laughs> I've never known one in all of my life. I've been across this country 54 times from the oath from the Atlantic to the Pacific. I've never met one person full of the Holy Spirit that's down in the dumps. And that taught me a good, solid lesson. You don't have to knock me down to teach me that. Stay full of the Holy Spirit, and you won't live in the dumps. There's some people, I don't care where you see them, they say, oh, pray for me. Pray for me. I don't know if I can make it or not. Just pray I'll hold out to the end. Oh, no, I don't want to live that way. I want to live full of the Holy Ghost, full of the blessing of God, and full of the joy of the Lord. Amen. Ephesians 5.18, the Bible says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And this phrase, be filled with the Spirit, 
happens to be in the present perfect verb tense. And that means you would translate it this way. Keep being filled with the Spirit. Amen. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. So when I get up this morning, I'm going to get up speaking in other tongues. <laughs> when I go to pray, I'm going to pray in other tongues. And when I'm by myself, driving my car, I'm going to rejoice in other tongues. I'm going to keep full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit, making melody in my heart to the Lord. This is a continual process that takes place in the life of a believer. Now, seeking the fullness of the Holy Spirit is not just about speaking in other tongues. That's a side benefit. But when you seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it's about giving more of yourself to God and expressing a deep hunger in your heart for the Lord. Dr. Gar, when he was in the balcony of that Baptist church in Los Angeles, he was just saying, Lord, I'm so hungry for more of God. I want more of you. And while he was speaking so earnestly, he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. William Seymour, who was a black man, pastor of a little church with 30 members. Half of those were African-American <laughs> and about half were white. He prayed five hours a day for two and a half years. You say, is that possible? Yes. You say, why would he do that? He was saying, oh God, I just want you to do something in our church and in our city that will cause people to come to Jesus. Lord, send a spiritual outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That was in 1903 he started. And in 1906, he was the pastor of the little Azusa Street Church at 312 Azusa Street where the Holy Spirit fell and people came from all over Los Angeles, then from Denver, and then from, Los from Dallas, and then from Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina and Virginia, and then from all over the world. It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And today, the Pentecostal church has grown until there are more than 600 million people that have been baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. And I'm one of them, thank God. And I'm going to stay on the side I'm on today. I want to stay full of the Holy Spirit. John's followers waited into the Jordan River and then he immersed them in water and then they waded out of the Jordan River back on shore to the dry land. John's followers were immersed and soaked with water. But I want to say to you by the same token, by comparison, the believers of our Lord Jesus Christ were just as immersed and soaked with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost as John's believers were immersed and soaked with water when he baptized them. The Holy Spirit fullness is like flowing rivers. It produces life 
in vitality. The Holy Spirit overflows us. I remember we were in Greek, three, third year Greek in college, and Dr. Gottschalk, a PhD that taught Greek three and Hebrew one and archaeology. When we were translating Hebrew, our Acts chapter two says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, boys, I want you to hear me when I say this. That word filled can be compared to a glass. He said, they had a glass of water. It was not half full and half empty. Full means to be so full that just one drop will cause you to run over and to overflow. They were filled full of the Holy Spirit. What every believer here this morning needs desperately is to be filled full of the Holy Spirit. And this ministry of the Holy Spirit was never intended just to be something that happened in the church house for platform material, but rather, rather it was to flow the life and the satisfaction of Jesus into the lives of others. This spiritual language is more than just the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Spiritual language releases spiritual resources for ministry. I'm going to conclude. I'm going to tell you an illustration. An illustration. The man's name is Al Soto. He used to pastor a four-square church. Today, he pastors the Bayside Church in Placerville. Al Soto was asked to speak at convention. I've been to six to three four-square conventions. In my life, my wife went to ten before I married her with their parents because they were four-square preachers. And I listened to Al Soto. He was asked to speak. There were 1,600 of us pastors listening to him. And he said, I was asked to start a church in San Jose. And so he said, I went and rented a little storefront. Didn't have a nice building like this, but a little rented storefront. And he said, I began to pray, and my wife and I, we preached, and people came, and one by one they got saved, they got healed, and others came. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he said, just around the corner from where our storefront was, there was a bar. And he says, one day I drove up, parked my car in the parking lot. I got out, headed toward the front of the church, and two men came, and they both had an empty beer bottle, and they had knocked the bottom of it off so they could hold the top of it in their hand and the jagged edge they could use as a weapon. And those two men, pretty much intoxicated, made their way toward me, and they looked at me and they said, we are going to kill you. And he said, I knew they meant business. And he said, the Holy Spirit came mightily upon me. And he said, I looked at one man and I said, sir, you used to be a man of God. You served the Lord for many years. And then something happened and you walked away from God and you've gone down, down, down. And two weeks ago, you left your family. You have three little children at home. And every night, those little children, when they go to bed, they begin to pray. And they pray for you. 
that God will send you home. And they go to bed crying, saying, we want our daddy to come home. And he said, you have a beautiful, godly lady. She's your wife, the mother of your children. And you used to serve the Lord with her. You used to go to church together as a family. But she's all alone. And every night she prays, oh, God, send my husband home and send him back wherever he is. Cause him to come home so we can serve the Lord together. And he said, sir, you need to go back home to your family, to your children, and go back to God and become a man of God once again. And he said, those two men dropped their faces and they turned around and they walked back around. And he said, three days later, he got a call. And on the end of the line was a lady. said, Mr. Soto, I don't know who you are. I've never met you before. Don't know a thing about you. But said, the other day, three days ago, you talked to my husband. And you told my husband he used to serve the Lord. And he used to be a man of God. And we serve the Lord together as a family. And that's true. You said he left home two weeks ago. That's true. And we have three children. And every night I pray with them. And they get in bed and they begin to cry asking God to send their daddy home. And I'll tell you when I go to bed, I weep myself to sleep most every night. Because I want my husband home. And I want to serve the Lord once again. And three days ago, my husband came home like you told him to do. And my husband said to me, honey, I'm going to serve the Lord. And he's turned himself in to a rehab center. And he's there today. But our family has been reunited. And I want to thank you for speaking to my husband. Now, I ask you the question, how did Al Soto know anything about that man he'd never met before in his entire life? And I have the answer. In the book of 1 Corinthians, the Bible says there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Two of them, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. The word of wisdom deals with people and places and things in the future. But the word of knowledge deals with people and places and things in the present and in the past. And the Holy Spirit revealed to Al Soto a word of knowledge and told him exactly what had happened to that man. Now, why do we pray in other tongues? When you pray in other tongues, you release spiritual resources for ministry. That's very, very important. And you don't know when you're going to need that resource. It's like putting money in the bank. Someday you're going to need it. And when you pray in other tongues, you create spiritual resources that will be released when you least know you're going to need them. And they work for your own salvation and for the salvation of lost sinners. Will you bow with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you for these moments we've had together today to talk about Jesus and the blessed baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. And I ask, Lord, this morning that you will create a hunger in the hearts of everyone here to be baptized 
in the Holy Spirit to allow Jesus to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Lord, there's some here who have been baptized in years gone by, and they have just let it slide by, and it's been just a hit-and-miss proposition and a long time since they've spoken in other tongues. Lord, speak to them this morning and cause them to understand the great value there is in serving Jesus and serving him with this wonderful Pentecostal experience known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptize believers this morning and rebaptize those who have walked away from the Lord. And Jesus, if there are those here this morning that have never been saved, they've come to church this morning to find the Lord as their Savior. Speak to their heart too, we pray. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I wonder if it could be that there are those of you who are here this morning and you have never received the Lord and you just slip up your hand quickly and put it back down again. You say, remember me in prayer. I want to receive the Lord Jesus as my Savior. Would there be anyone? It could well be that you're here. We wouldn't pass by this opportunity for anything. Let me ask, are there those here this morning who've been saved? You know you've been born again, but you've never been baptized by the Holy Spirit. You say to me, Brother Jones, I, I want you to pray for me that I'll be baptized by the Holy Spirit. I want Jesus to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Would you just lift your hand? Anyone, anywhere? I see one hand. I see another here. I see two others back there. Are there others who'd say, I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Jesus is here. Yes, God sees that hand that's lifted. Dear lady, you can put it down again. God knows all about it. Are there others who would say, it's been a long time since I've enjoyed this blessed baptism of the Spirit. I've not been speaking in other tongues, and I want you to pray that God will baptize me anew with the Holy Spirit this morning. Would you just lift your hand? And say, I determined to keep this spirit and this experience fresh in my heart and life. Anyone, anywhere? Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. And that hand, God is speaking to hearts this morning. He wants, Jesus longs to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Can we all stand this morning, every one of us, right where you are, just stand? And I'm going to ask those who have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you hunger this morning for the Lord to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Could I ask you to come and as the singers sing this morning, that you would come and stand right here in front of the platform. We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you and believe Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Just come and stand right here. Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to do so. Just come this morning. He is here. And are there others who lifted your hand and you say, I want the Lord to refill me with the Holy Spirit. Will you just come? He wants to baptize you and you with the Holy Spirit. You folks just come and stand a little closer, if you will. That's good. Jesus wants to fill every heart. He wants us to be full 
of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are others of you who are filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to step out now and come stand behind these. We're going to lay hands on them and believe that God baptizes them with the Holy Spirit. Will you come? He wants to baptize every believer with the Holy Spirit this morning. Now, what I want you to do, listen closely. I want everybody who came to be baptized with the Holy Spirit to lift both of your hands in the air. And I want you to know that Jesus will baptize you, but you will not speak in other tongues until you yield your vocal cords and your tongue and your lips to him. And you just began to praise the Lord out loud, just like Dr. Gar did in that Baptist church that Saturday night, just worshiping Jesus, just telling him you want more of God. You want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And as we lay hands on you, you're going to feel a desire from your innermost being, from your lower abdomen, just to begin to speak. Let those words come forth, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Can we all just begin to pray in other tongues this morning? Every one of us who are here just began to pray in other tongues. Lord, this morning we, we lay our hands upon our brother, and brother, you just began to tell Jesus how much you love him. Just speak out loud. Say, I love you, Lord. I love you. Just speak out loud. Lord, baptize my brother with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Baptize him with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. 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 Speak right out loud, brother. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, baptize our sister with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Fill her full of the Holy Ghost, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Speak right out, sister. The Holy Ghost is upon you. Hallelujah. Speak right out now. Speak right out loud. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is upon you. Hallelujah. Speak right out loud now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost. Just speak. Just speak right out. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Oh, God. Baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. In the blessed name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just continue to speak, my dear sister. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, baptize him with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Baptize him with the Holy Ghost. Just open your mouth and praise him. Open your mouth and speak out loud now. Speak out loud. The Holy Ghost is on you, brother. Hallelujah. Rabo setime. Yonamono sotoria. 
Right out loud, brother. Right out loud. Hallelujah. 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 Parejete robosele ribasana manandolabo rebese ravansanye indolabo anamana soria tarabasandeleme. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You pray with her. You pray too now. Oh God. Oh God, oh God, baptize this lady with the Holy Spirit. You just pray right out loud now. Open your mouth and say words. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. 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 Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus, baptize my sister with the Holy Ghost. Right out loud. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Baptize her with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Baptize her with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Oh, God, baptize us with the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, baptize us with the Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord. That's, yes, Lord. That's right. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost, sister. That's the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Speak right out. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, you, you see this cry. You see this heart, Lord. Oh, God, baptize her with the Holy Ghost. And fire in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's right. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Just speak right out loud. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. 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 Just pray right out loud, sister. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God, baptize this lady with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Mama Sotoria Rabaraza, Rabasaroboria, Rabaranse, Hitopo, Rashatepe. Oh, no, no, speak right out loud, sister. Speak right out loud. The Holy Ghost is on you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Just speak right out loud. Oh, Roboceteria. Paraboroceria. Anamanasotoria. Rabasaha. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, fill this lady with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Fill her with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Anamosete pedia po, rabasatapara, roboseli media pa, donamonosonde, ribosete leve, inamanando. Speak right out loud. Speak out loud. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 
That's the Holy Ghost. Speak right out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You just feel free to speak. Just speak right out loud. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, fill this young lady with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Baptize her. Hallelujah. Baptize her with the Holy Spirit. Just speak right out loud now. Say, Jesus, I love you. I love you and I serve you, Lord. I want to, I want to be yours completely. I want to just be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill her, we pray, with the Holy Spirit right now. Fill her full of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Just fill her full of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Just speak out loud now. Speak out loud. Oh, Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit upon you. Don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. Just speak out loud. That's right. That's the whole. The Holy Spirit is upon you. He's upon you. Oh, Jesus. Fill her full of the Holy Ghost, Lord. Fill her full of the power of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fill her full of the power of God, we pray. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Fill this vessel. She's a vessel to be used by God. Fill her with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Fill her with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Oh, Rebe Seria Paratulamon. Yamo Seleberia Paratulamon. Just speak out loud. Just speak. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you. Yes, I do, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just worship you. We praise you. We thank you for your love, the fire that's set into our soul. We thank you, Lord, for your outpouring of your spirit upon all. Lord, those that are here and those that are in the seats, we declare your blessing upon all. We thank you for the fruitfulness of this day and this time. And Lord, as we leave from this place, we do not leave from your presence, Lord. That we open our hearts to that continual filling, the continual inspiration and stirring of the Holy Spirit. 
that literally we would be squeezed out on our loved ones and family and friends and community, Lord God. We thank you for this blessing of your Holy Spirit, this anointing of your Holy Spirit, this baptism with your Holy Spirit. And we thank you and we give you all praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus, in the name of 